This is an Advent week three, celebrating the candle of joy. We offer an invitation to come before the Lord in the posture of humility. He delights in you. Let's delight in him. Whether you open your hands as a sign of obedience, close your eyes to focus your mind, or kneel to center your heart, draw close to him as he draws close to you in James 4 and 8. Let's give all of ourselves to the King of Kings. A reading from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them exactly the go and the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told by the shepherds, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, 
glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. A reading from the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. We go to Colossians 1, 9 to 14. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering of his joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son of his love, in whom we have a redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. Um, a reading from First Peter verses. Chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Praise be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has been given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. In all this you are greatly rejoiced, though now for a little while you may not may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and great glory being the end result of your faith for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Joy is light and love and full of hope of what is to come. Yet the fullness of joy would not be what it is without the existence of darkness, sin, and suffering. Our loving Father, in his grace and love, sent his Son in a human form through many rich allegories that I am sure were no mistake. 
He allowed Christ our King to be born in the darkness of night. Had he not been born at night, God could not have used the light to show others the way. Without darkness, the angel that appeared to the shepherds and the glory that shone around them would not have shone as brightly. Because of the darkness of the night, he was able to use the light of a star that shone so brightly and it led the wise men straight to Jesus. Joy is something we often want without sacrifice, suffering, or work. We can feel that we are entitled to joy simply because we follow Jesus. And yet, truly following Jesus and suffering with him as we endure various trials here on earth is often the path that we must take to find the joy we seek. So let us have a moment of prayer. And I'd like to read Psalm 100, which prepares our heart to praise him. So make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter in his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So, in prayer, we pause after we ask, what is an obstacle you face in finding true joy, and how does this joy differ from happiness? That's a good question to ask yourself. So what moments or experiences of darkness in your life can you look back on and see where Jesus showed up in light? And something that came to me this morning, I often ask to show me the joy of the Lord in seeing others through his eyes. But how often do we ask to see the joy of the Lord, how he joys over us? And that, I know he delights in us, and that's something I like to just lift up and joy this morning. So back to the experiences where Jesus showed up in light. I'm sure that's where we need that light in our life. So Jesus, thank you for the beautiful ways you redeem pain and darkness and bring joy in unexpected ways. If there are things I need to surrender that may be preventing joy in my life, would you reveal those to me? I give all that I am to you. Allow me to experience more of your hope and joy. Amen. Well, I feel like I can just uh, dismiss you now because that was a great sermon on hope or, or a joy right there. <laughs> but thankfully, there is a lot about joy in the Bible. So we can have a couple different sermons today about it because, uh, you know, joy is one of those things that pops up time and time and time again in Scripture. So you think it's important? <laughs> Probably a little important. God wants us to be joyful. But like, like um, the parks brought up, what is joy? What's the difference between happiness and joy? What does it mean to, that the joy of the Lord is our strength? What does it mean that we have a hope and a joy that the world doesn't have? 
We're going to dive into that a little bit today. But first, uh, will you say a quick prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together. Thank you for this, uh, this joyous Advent season. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here at Point Way. Thank you for this time together. We ask that you just, uh, what you want to be said, be said this morning. Uh, I am not a worthy vessel, but God, use me and use us as conduits of your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 2.10, we've already heard it this morning. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, good tidings that will cause great joy for all people. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Tidings of comfort and joy. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Joy is a major component in Peace of Christmas. We see joy, the word, everywhere, right? I'm seeing joyful, joyful, right on that sweatshirt over there. Amanda's got joy on her t-shirt. We see it on ornaments. We see it engraved in planks of ornamental wood placed on. It's everywhere. Everybody is talking about joy. But so many don't know what it is. They're miserable. 364 days a year. And then one day a year. Joy Noel! Merry Christmas! They sing about it. They talk about it. But what is true joy? Well, as I was doing my research for this sermon, there was kind of a a back and forth. Well, is joy something that is purely, is it emotional? Is Is it something that just is a feeling? Or is it a choice? My answer is yes. True joy is not the excited feelings we get when we're looking forward to gifts or time with folks that we love at Christmas time. It's not the nostalgia that we get from watching It's a Wonderful Life for the 578th time. Love the movie. It's not the happiness that we feel when we scarf down a bunch of Christmas cookies. That's indigestion. (laughs) But it's a lot of fun getting there, right? (laughs) So the world so often confuses happiness with joy. Biblical joy. Now there's, there's earthly joy, but there's biblical joy. True joy. Lasting joy. And it's not an emotion that we feel or don't feel. It's a state of being that finds its source in God. The Bible is clear that joy comes from God. And our joy is a product of what God has done and continues to do in our lives. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Author Clarence L. Haynes Jr. had a couple of really good bullet points that I want to bring out. Where on earth does joy come from? Well, first, joy comes from the presence of God. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. In hand presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Joy comes from the presence of God. That is a wellspring that has its origin in being with the true author and giver of joy. You can't spend time in God's presence and not come away filled with joy. You can't spend time in worship and adoration and communion with God and be bummed out. Can't do it. Think of any time you've had in worship and dwelling in God's presence. You walked away refreshed, you walked away renewed, and you walked away filled with joy. Second of all, joy comes from the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Joy is an enduring attitude of the heart and spirit and a natural part of the Christian faith. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy. If you want more joy, then you need more of the Holy Spirit. And you need him working in your life. If the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you richly, and you're being filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, you will experience joy in your life. You've got to be plugged into the source of joy. If you want a light to work, what do you got to do? Plug it in. As Christians, if we want the Holy Spirit, we got to be plugged into the source of joy. The Holy Spirit working in our lives. And thirdly, Psalm 119, verse 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Joy comes from the word of God. Scripture is such a gift, guys, that we take for granted. I know I have. How many Bibles do you have laying around your house and how many get opened up? One, okay, seven. We become so comfortable having the word of God, don't we? There are parts of the world where having a Bible will get you killed. There are parts of this world where people have to smuggle sections of the Bible. They're craving, they're hungry for hearing the word of God. There's, there's places in the world, you know, Trans World Radio, the works that they do, they put up an antenna. Villages come together around an antenna so they can tune in on their one little radio to hear sermons, hear the word of God. Why is it so important 
The Bible is he God's love letter to you. He cared so much that he gave you a manual for living. And what do we do with manuals? So often we just chuck them, right? I can put this together myself. Four hours later. <laughs> what are all these parts for? <laughs> God's given us the manual. If we spend time in God's word, if we discover the truth and the revelation that God has put in there, guess what? It produces joy because we see God's on our side. We see God is moving on our behalf, that God has a plan, that we're not just going through the motions here on earth, that there is a destination, there is a goal, there is a victory awaiting us. How can you not feel joy about that? David Jeremiah's got a great, great quote. He says, true joy is a byproduct, not a goal. We don't go out seeking joy. We seek the things that make us joyful. And think about it in terms of happiness and joy. What is happiness? It's an outward expression of emotion connected to a moment. It's fleeting compared to joy. Joy is gladness and contentedness flowing out of the wellspring of God's faithfulness and mercy, and it's quite independent of our circumstances. Now, in Philippians 4.4, Paul tells us, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Huh? Rejoice in the Lord always. Well, in the past year, and we can go down the line of things that went wrong. Things that people did us dirty by. Physical problems. Things that we, we don't understand and does not make us happy. Not a happy camper, God. How can you rejoice when you're hurting? When things seem to be going off the rails. I like what R.C. Sproul said. The key to the Christian's joy is the source, which is the Lord. If Christ is in me and I am in him, that relationship is not a sometimes experience. It's not a sometimes experience. The Christian is always in the Lord, and the Lord is always in the Christian. And that is always a reason for joy. Even if the Christian cannot rejoice in the circumstances, if he finds himself passing through pain, sorrow, or grief, he still can rejoice in Christ. 
We receive, rejoice in the Lord, and since He never leaves us or forsakes us, we can rejoice always. There's a bigger picture than the Polaroid of your circumstances. The Polaroid is just a moment. God sees everything. He knows where you're going, what he wants from you, what you're going to choose to do. And when we understand that we are in Christ and Christ is with us and he never leaves us, never forsakes us, never leaves us, is never in the dark, is never in doubt, is never, hmm, should I, eh, uh, that's not God. We have something much bigger and greater to be happy about, right? Happiness is joy because of, joy is in spite of. Happiness is merely external. It's fleeting and sometimes can be for pleasure. It's only achievable on earth and can sometimes not necessarily be good. Have you ever thought of that? Some of the times things that make us happy are not good for us. And that can be anything. It could be food. It could be relationships. We can be happy through just about anything can make us physically and momentarily and emotionally happy. But it doesn't mean that that object, that item, isn't sin. God doesn't mess with sin. His joy is internal, is selfless, it's sacrificial, it's a spiritual connection with God, and it's purely good. C.S. Lewis had some thoughts on joy, and I had to pick a, just a couple because he has a lot. And I love C.S. Lewis, but he is very cerebral. And I didn't go to Bible college. I'm not a theologian. I'm just a radio guy. <laughs> But I did like these two quotes from C.S. Lewis. Number one, all joy reminds. It is never a possession, always a desire for something longer ago or forever away or still about to be. How can we apply that to God? Just like the we can have joy just like the ancient Israelites did, knowing their Redeemer was coming. Praising God, rejoicing God, even in the midst of slavery, displacement, occupation, they believed their Messiah was coming. And then the joy when he came. Now, not everybody realized it at the time. Not everybody's realized it yet. 
But for those of us who have realized that the Messiah has come, the Savior of the world, ah, doesn't that make everything pale in comparison? Even, even the Vikings blowing a lead yesterday. You can still be joyful. <laughs> but the joy's not done with that because he's coming back. And there will be a day when we will not have the suffering, the terrible circumstances we're living through right now. The things that rob us of our peace and we let rob us of our joy. How can you be joyful where you have to stay plugged into God? That's where, yes, there is a happiness feeling that goes with joy. When you're praising God and you're worshiping God and you've experienced God, yes, there is that emotional component of happiness. But that emotion doesn't always last, right? That's when I believe the choice comes in. You choose to spend time with God. You choose to worship Him. You choose to spend time in His Word and to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not doing those things, you will not feel joy. There are a lot of joyless Christians out there right now because their lamp is unplugged and they want to know, where is the light? Why isn't it working? You're not choosing to do what we need to do if you're in a full relationship with God. He goes on to say, C.S. Lewis, it is a byproduct of its very, exist its very existence presupposes that you desire it. You desire not it, I'm sorry. It's, let me start that again. C.S. <laughs> Lewis, okay. It is a byproduct. Its very existence presupposes that you desire not it, but something other and outer. It's not there by itself. Joy comes from remembering, longing for, and waiting for something bigger than ourselves. The divine. Yeah, you can feel earthly joy and earthly happiness about longing for a nice memory, you know, uh, something to come. Or remembering a nice memory or something. That can bring you some, some earthly joy, some earthly happiness. But we're talking about true Never-ending joy, the joy of God, right? True joy is only possible because God made a way for us to know him and be in relationship with him. Underline relationship. So many of us, we have an acquaintance with God, don't we? I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you don't believe in Jesus and he's your Lord and Savior. But I wouldn't say he's your best friend because you're not spending any time with him. You're not investing in the relationship. That wouldn't work for a marriage, would it? It doesn't work for a friendship. 
And it doesn't work for the relationship between us and our Heavenly Father, our Savior. There has to be a time commitment there, guys. There has to be relationship and working on that. It's the kind of joy grounded in thankfulness for the first advent of Jesus Christ and looking forward to his second coming. That's the mark of a faithful believer. I love old hymns. I don't know about you guys. And a lot of the new music, I love it too. But there's just some in the old hymns. There's some meat there. There's some really good meat there. And in 1900, Barney Elliott Warren wrote the lyrics to a, a hymn that I think sums up joy very well. The joy that we celebrate. First verse says, I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free indeed. And then the chorus. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the half has never yet been told. I have found the pleasure of once I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing. I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. I have found what hope, a hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so near. I can see his smiling face. I have found the joy no tongue can tell. How its waves of glory roll. It is like a great overflowing well springing up in my soul. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has never yet been told. As good as it is to serve Jesus Christ in this time, in this place, my friend, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's like you've been given a little gift every day. And you know at the end you're going to get the whopper. You feeling joyful yet? Today at Advent, our joy is anchored in the knowledge that God fulfilled his promise. He does that. And it's easy to be full of rejoicing when we replay the angel's words. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all men, all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. But we need to remember that the joy we have in Christ is not seasonal. It's not situational. Our joy is a response to what God has already done and continues to do. Now, we know not everybody, maybe in this room, 
is feeling the joy of the Lord. We know we live in a world that certainly doesn't feel the joy of the Lord. We have the greatest news to tell the world. They don't have to live in fear and sin and doubt and sickness and misery. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. I love that song. My Savior's blood has set the sinner free. Freedom. Freedom and the joy of being free in Jesus. If you don't feel the joy of that freedom today, my friend, hit your knees. Spend time with God. Talk to him like you would talk to a friend. Seek him. Seek his face. Seek his, his desire for your life. Read your, read your scriptures. Talk to other believers. There is so much that will divert your attention. And I'm the worst of this. I'm the chief of sinners when it comes to this. I will get waylaid by just about anything. Movies, video games, sports, you name it. Where I could be spending time with God and I'm not. And then if you do tap into that joy which is there for all of us, Tell other people about it. Don't be a miser when it comes to the joy of the Lord. Share it with others by the way you live, the way you talk. There needs to be a difference in you when they see. They need to say, what is different about Franny? She's had a lot of health issues. She's had surgeries with cancer and all this kind of stuff. Why is she so happy? Well, it's not situational happiness, my friend. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory because of what God has done for her and what he's doing in her life. That joy is there for all people. It was born in a manger. It died on a cross. It rose again from the dead and it is coming again. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are the source of joy. You are the source of hope. You are a source of love. And God, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to redeem people who were hopelessly lost. We thank you for the joy that you bring to our lives. And we ask that we be joyful and sharing that joy with others in our lives. We thank you for this Advent season. We thank you for everyone here. And we ask that you just help us uh, be lights of your joy as we go about our, our week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.